It's Barely in Topic, a podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. Welcome to Barely in Topic. It is uh, a beautiful Sunday afternoon, 61 degrees outside and sunny, and all I want to do is be back out on the porch. And I am, of course, am VA, and I am here with Jeff. Heidi Ho. And oh, and you notice my braids? <laughs> <laughs> I had not, um, but uh <laughs> Yeah, yeah, my husband already called me Heidi. Okay, it's fine. Uh and Tim. Hello, hello. Okay. <laughs> Are you drinking Dr. Pepper? It was a grocery store checkout line impulse. Oh no. I, I was just wondering. I don't drink a lot of Dr. Pepper, but like sometimes I feel like it. Okay. Sometimes you feel like a pepper. And sometimes you don't. That's not the ad. Okay. I mean, I don't even drink very much pop, right? Like, like an occasional Coke, but. Pop. Pop. Wow. I feel like Dr. Pepper is like the perfect mixer for alcohol because there's so it's many dangerous. different flavors. It can dangerous. mask a lot of things. I mean, no, the worst thing you could possibly do, speaking from empirically, from from from, uh, from, from experience, is mixing Dr. Pepper with Southern Comfort because they taste the same. Oh, yeah. So you could go 50-50 and not notice, and then you die. <laughs> I remember growing up, you know, my, my one brother really likes SoCo, and I thought when I was 21, I'm going to try SoCo, and it, I always heard of it as the ultimate mixer. And then so I'm like, anytime, anything I mixed it in was terrible. Because as it turns out, I didn't like SoCo. <laughs> Yeah, you, you, you gotta you gotta like amaretto, but like not have the side, but not be crazy enough to commit to just straight up drinking amaretto. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. come on. Here's the thing. This is this is a wonderful trick I'm going to share with everybody. If you don't want to to dilute your cordials and your liqueurs with vodka, sake, sake is wonderful. Now I know that sounds really bizarre because it's a Japanese rice wine. But it's a really great mixer. Kahlua and sake it is a fantastic drink. It is so good. It is called a black belt. You mix equal parts. It is so good. I swear it is so good. You can have it with sushi. It's fantastic. Yes. So Midorian Soko. Uh, not, not Soko. Did I say Soko? I meant sake. Okay. Yeah, you kind of wandered off into the woods there quickly. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, Midori and Saki, fantastic. Amaretto and Saki, haven't tried it. But, you know, I mean, like, I won't drink Amaretto on the rocks. Even if that really hot guy in the commercial said, here's how to make Amaretto on the rocks. My introduction to Amaretto as a, as a, as a, a drink was, uh, I think it was during my first year of university. But he pulls out a bottle and starts pouring shots into people's beer. No, thank you. I mean, like, just tasted like a Dr. Pepper because it was a shitty. Like, I was, I was, I was drinking Molson Canadian. I didn't know any better. It's one. Of, it's like one of the few things I genuinely will turn my nose up to. <laughs> I I can tell you, one of the first beers that I actually really liked was Molson Ice. Oh, I mean, that's the thing. Ice beers, beer, any beer that has ice or dry in its name are really, really accessible. It's it's just teenager beer. It's also why they're cheap. Well, coincidentally, I was 19 years old working at Katrina's Bakery in Newport, and the guys from Alpine Ski and Sports invited me over for their holiday party. So in the basement at Alpine Ski and Sports, I drank my first Molson Ice. 
I had a crush on Ned and Tim. Not, I mean, you know, this is a long time ago, Tim. Another Tim from a long time ago. He was a tennis playing guy. But anyway, yeah, it was fun. Nothing happened. Nothing, nothing bad happened. I had one Molson ice and had some fun with the guys just like hanging out, doing nothing. And then I left. Speaking of the dry or ice beers, the um, uh, the, the one of the go-to um, uh, cheap beers when I was in university here in Nova Scotia, you could only I think get this in the Maritimes was um, Moosehead Dry Ice, which I've never seen another beer that was somehow both dry and an ice. <laughs> <laughs> that was like uh, it was like liquid candy for the thirteen-year-olds. <laughs> Honestly, it drank you drank like spring water, but pump, but 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 then punched you in the nuts later, you know. <laughs> See, when I was in college, first one, the first thing, uh, the first beer I had was uh, Coors Light, and it just that just started it. Those, it was the silver bullet all through college. You know, I mean, I went to a party at UNH when I was like seventeen or eighteen. I had Bud from a keg, and that wasn't that impressive. You know, when I was a kid, I was allowed to have sips of beer from time to time. Like my dad was really fond of Lowenbrow, or as it actually should be pronounced, Leuvenbräu. But anyway, you know, and the only time we really had beer in my house, I know this is really bizarre. The only time we had beer in my house is when my family was going to do a shrimp. They were going to cook shrimp. So like once a year, we get a bunch of shrimp and the Old Bay seasoning and beer and all that stuff so uh, we weren't big drinkers in my family well at least not my father or my mother but yeah so all of this is a a roundabout way of saying like uh, we're sliding very slowly into talking about the boston bruins because there's really not a lot of fun happy stuff to talk about we'd much rather talk about beer and our first alcohol experiences I mean, like the big thing to say about this team is that um, prior to going on, getting postponed due to COVID, they were down to playing Jack Sean in NHL games. They have precisely one. There's only the only defenseman in the system that signed and in North America that hasn't played an NHL game now is Nick Wolf. It's a lot of caveats, yes, but that's because Victor Berglund is signed, but he stayed in Europe, right? Right. <laughs> I think he's still in Sweden, I think it is, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, so much fun talking about <sighs> all of the defensemen that we have, but we don't have. I mean, and it isn't just defensemen, right? Like, you know, Sinitian comes up, plays a fantastic game, and apparently got hurt during the aforementioned fantastic game. UBI, week to week. No. Not great. Not great. Tuka's hurt. Although Vladar played well in his spot. Vladar had a great game there, yeah. Okay, we're going to just start calling him Vladar now. I know his name is pronounced Vladash, but we're going to just call him Vladash. But yeah, he he Americanized it for everyone. And then we can be really fun in calling him... (sighs) Darth Vladar. I, I, he really needs to like embrace that with his helmet because he can make some really kick ass oh, goalie helmet. Boy helmets. needs a much better helmet. Like Julie commented on, it's like that's not a great mask. Great mask design. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, he needs he needs like he needs to embrace the Vladar. Just and... the, just the total like just go matte black Mac uh, Martin Gerber style. Just 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 
What if we Ooh, make up a lightsaber color of gold? <sighs> but anyway, yes, yes. Dan Vladar. Um, we're going to call him that now, even though that's not how it's pronounced. But anyway, I just remembered um, there was something that 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 paddle save that he made. Right. Greg Wyshynski mm-hmm. had a, a gif of Darth Vader in the darkness and he, you, all you see is his lightsaber you know <laughs> opens up and i'm like yes that's him it was just like and so i showed it to my uh, husband and my husband's like i don't get it i said it's vladar and also that is that is um gift speak for star wars boner you know boner for the star wars people so there you go right, yeah. like you know he's a hockey guy he's a star wars guy lightsabers boners dude got it come on so anyway yes he came up and he played a fantastic game and i was worried that the team in front of him would hang him out to dry very worried because it's happened before oh they've been doing that the whole time with the i mean Ugh. since tuke has been gone he they're just like don't know how we can help you yarrow i mean i, I... I know there's like 12 people on the fucking IR now. If you count the, uh, the, the, the if, you, if you, if you count the COVID editions, I think there's only eight, I think otherwise, but no, there's something structurally wrong with this team. Is it structural? Like, I've been thinking about this. I tweeted it or I think one of the, at some point since our last show, well, after watching one of these games, this, this, this is, this feels so much like watching this team in, 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 um, 14, 15. Year after winning President's Trophy with a second round, or with a with a humiliating second round exit, lose some key defensemen, and then it's just a grind through a feckless, ineffective, drab hockey season. Yeah, it's it slow tectonic while, creep of falling off of contender status. Mm-hmm. And, but that doesn't mean I'm saying we should they should write off this team and blow it up. Earlier in the season, I'm going to point out to you. That you thought that the Bruins were pretty well put together. We had problems with Jake DeBrusque, right? You love the addition of Craig Smith. So what is structurally wrong with the team now? Other than... I think there's a systems problem, honestly. And I'm not going to say fire Cassidy because I don't think that. He did just win the fucking Jack Adams. Although, honestly, if you look at recent records, Jack Adams, winning the Jack Adams tends to be a kiss of death. Right. I I have floated the idea in the last week or two in other circles, I guess we'll say. Uh, I have floated the idea that maybe we need to replace somebody on the coaching staff, not Cassidy per se. But but and and I also remember seeing uh, that Bruins stats said something to the idea of like, well, you know, changing coaches on the coaching staff. Coaches are pretty fungible. You know, so which every time I see that word, it makes me think that coaches are mushrooms. Like every time I see fungible, I just think mushroom. Yes, (laughs) sure. That makes sense. Fungible, yeah. But but I'm just saying. One guy. Now, how long has Sacco been with the uh, Bruins? And what the fuck does he do? So Sacco was hired originally, I think, to be Claude's power play coach after Jeff Ward left to go coach in Germany with Adler Mannheim. Yeah. So I think that would put it is that end of the 13th season or the, or, or the, or after 12 when I think after 13, I think after the 2012, 13 season. Yeah. 
So after the shortened year. And I think he was hired that summer. You know, he'd previously been a head coach. He's like the long, he's the longest standing feature on the coaching staff, but I'm not sure what parts he coaches enough of to be able to judge that. We know he's not doing the power play anymore because Cassidy rather famously does the power play and does special teams himself, which actually that right there might be part of the problem that Cassidy's not putting enough energy into five on five, but yeah, first of all, you got to be able to delegate some stuff. And if somebody can't handle the, the special teams, then why do you have them on your staff? I mean, I get it. Coaching the power play must be fun. And Cassidy's good at it. Okay. But. (laughs) I'm just saying that there's part of me that's just kind of like, let's shake up the the coaching staff a little bit. Can we? Can we just fire somebody in the coaching staff? Do you think that might help? uh, Who's dealing with even strength scoring? Can we just get rid of that person? I mean, like, in general, I would say getting rid of Pandolfo is always a good idea. But, like, let's face it, the, the the path of jobs he took to get this position, Pandolfo is probably outliving Cassidy. Pandolfo probably gets the acting co- – gets the gets interim coach when Cassidy eventually gets fired. <laughs> so I, I, I guess this is what happens. I don't want to see Cassidy get fired. I love his energy. I love how honest he is. And I don't think that he himself is the problem, although – Maybe he needs to scale back on one thing and actually focus on something else, coaching-wise. I'm not saying get rid of Cassidy, but I'm just saying, you know, you can send a message to the team through another, you know, another, you know, firing, I guess we'll say. I'm trying to say this nicely. Why am I trying to say this nicely? I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but I'm not going to hurt anybody's feelings and. I mean, I'm not even sure if that would make a difference. I I think that if you believe in the players, if you believe that we have something that could approach, if not make the championship. So what is motive? What what's the problem with the motivation of the players? I mean, they do look really lackluster. But I'm watching what's happening on the ice, and I'm seeing a lot of what undid Boston in in the bubble. Um, they're still getting a lot of shots off most games, right? But they're all from really far out. They're bad angles. Mm-hmm. Boston's, okay, for what it's worth, and I don't particularly like the stat because it's still trying to quantify the unquantifiable, but Boston has awful, has good possession numbers, but terrible, terrible X goal numbers. Like they're, because they're, because they don't take a lot of high danger shots. What I've watched is people is defending teams recognize this and are pushing them even farther out on the rims of the zone. And so they're shooting from the umbrella or from, like, the fucking boards. And any team with even a slightly aggressive forecheck has been able to do that. Just just push them out. And for whatever reason, the system's not telling... And whatever reason, either players are incapable or the system doesn't allow them to, to press in. Because... So they're basically they're pressed up. So there's no good shit. There's no clear shots. So they're not even taking necessarily that many of their shots from as from as far out as they used to be. So there's a substantial strategy thing going on here. I wanted to make a point that they have problems getting through the neutral zone most times. So it seems yeah. like by the time they get to the other zone, you know, where they should be shooting the puck, it's like they're already jammed. Oh, they, they, they're getting destroyed by even the slightest forecheck. Yes. Watching them against the Islanders, sometimes they were struggling to get out of their own zone because every zone exit would get broken up. 
It's like you just sit there and you're like, uh, can't you guys just keep in the zone so we don't have to worry about zone entries? Hell, even if they had time, you know, both teams doing full uh, doing full change. So it's, you know, the two defensemen holding back for the zone exit while everyone else changes. They're still getting forechecked into keeping staying in their own zone, which never happens in other circumstances when both teams are doing full changes. And um, they'll go five and ten minute stretches multiple times a game without even a single shot off. Like, that's, like, ridiculous. This team is a calamity, and I... I think I may have talked myself into, into it being a personnel thing to an extent, right? What's floated this team in the past has been a hyperpower, a superpowered first line, which they still have. A serviceable second line, despite, despite personnel deficiencies and overperforming third and fourths. That last point is the big problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The third, the, the, um, the third, the, the third and fourth, those, some of these core players have all had been awful this season like okay correct wagner's been a disaster corrali's been barely any better coil's been bad like not even just like not shooting and scoring and stuff like he's just not even doing coil things he's getting knocked off pucks usually you can't knock charlie coil off a puck if the puck's his it's his he might not do anything with it but you're not taking it from him but now that's happening <laughs> it's really been frustrating to watch uh that it's like again we've had to talk about secondary scoring and how it's not a thing. It was, what loss was it? It was a loss against the Rangers a couple of weeks ago. Right after the press conference with Bruce Cassidy was basically, he seemed like he, I don't know if he yelled at everybody in the room and took some time to calm down or something, but he sounded like a man who was going to lose his job. It was just really like he... He, you know, of course, he talked about the third and fourth line not producing. He seemed like he was just at his wit's end, like he didn't know how to get them to, to produce. And and that's really frustrating, obviously, for us to watch. But it's got to be super frustrating for that to be his team right now. I'm sitting here and I'm like, Sean Corrales is playing like crap in a contract year. This is terrible. You should not be doing that. Yeah, it's a bad. That's not that good, man. Wags and Wags and Car and, and Coil in the first year of their of their extensions. Yes, I mean Coil looks so good after he extended, but before it kicked in, and then boom, he's terrible this year. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it was good to see Craig Smith finally score a goal. He was very bitten for a while. I mean, it helps that he's playing on Krejci now, playing with Krejci right late, lately rather than Coil. Oh yeah, that line the other night was on fire. It was really great. It's also apparently on COVID, which is not so optimal, but um, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. But also, you can't play Buffalo every game. No, I mean, have you seen Buffalo. the schedule going forward? <laughs> we have Buffalo for like a quarter of the remaining games. Oh, I, I know. I know because they've played one game. And it's worse than it was supposed to be today, of course, because they were supposed to have played their second game against Buffalo yesterday and it is postponed. <sighs> I okay. Let's just take a prop bet right now. Do you think they will actually play every game against the Sabers this season? Which means I hope they prorate the rest of Boston's points because, like the rest of the, the rest of the division's gotten to pad their stats playing playing Buffalo full schedule. Yeah, like we have that would be totally bullshit. 
I mean, that's a big part of the reason for Boston's position in the standings. Like, they're not – I'm being a little hyperbolic, but, like, it, the numbers look awful, but because they have a shitload of games in hand, and they're all against Buffalo. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> Islanders are, like, you know – I don't know where they are right this second, but they were the top of the league when they were beating the crap out of Buffalo. Or not the top of the league, the top of the... Um, Montreal of the... Montreal kicking Vancouver's ass to start the season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not the league. I meant the, the uh, division. They were the top of the division when they were kicking Buffalo's butt. So it's like... I, I'm just... I really feel at this point they're not going to end up playing every game against Buffalo. I think there's going to be at least one drop because they're running out of time to schedule games. Well, that's just it. I was just looking. It's like, when are they going to reschedule these two canceled games? And it's... How far... Okay, there's nowhere to put it in April. Um, there is already never at any point two days off in April. So can't put it in April anywhere unless you're going to freaking run a double header or some shit. Which means it has <laughs> to be in the, the week of the May, after May 8th, because there's nowhere to put it until the actual, what's currently scheduled last game of the season. And see, here's the thing about May 8th. I wanted it all to end on May 8th because one, it's my birthday. And two, I just, I would like to like, not worry about the regular season after May 8th. But they're going to have two games that are going to have to be played at the earliest on the 10th and 11th now. Yeah, I don't know if they – I hope they built that in there. But, hey, I, I'm I'm just calling it right now. I don't think they're going to play every game against Buffalo. I, I, I think I, – I'm not betting against you because, like, I'm looking at it and it's like, are they gonna, is this going to happen? I mean, maybe if we'll get lucky, they will cancel the one against the the Islanders. Please. That would be nice. I would like that. All right. I got an idea. Uh Okay. You got an idea. I I have a solution. Okay. Okay. We have the Providence Bruins play two games against the Rochester Americans, and whoever wins counts for their parent club's game. There we go. I mean, the PBRMs are pretty fucking good right now, so I don't mind that. I got an idea. Why don't we do the double header idea and just bring up the P Bruins for the first one? Just do split squad. Just do um, uh, you know, one squad, half any AHLers, half NHLers. The other one, okay, like like a pre like a preseason double header. Right, right, and then very quickly after that game's over, put everybody down on paper. <laughs> like re mix it. Like everybody in the big club is down on paper off of the the roster, <laughs> and then right after the game's over, put them right back up. Simultaneous split screen casts, uh, <laughs> um, uh, split squad games. One in Buffalo, one in, one in Boston. <laughs> or if Boston needs two home games, one in Boston and one at the New England Sports Center in Marlboro. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would really love, I would love to see Patrice Bergeron play there. <laughs> Pasta's, Pasta would feel at home. Like, and Marshy could just go over and get the pizza. It's just like a couple things away, you know. <laughs> now, okay, so right now it's only the, the five players that are in COVID protocol, right? Right. Yep, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so the five players are... The second line... Well, wait, I, wait, wait, yeah. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it out. Sean Crowley, David Krejci, Jake DeBrusque, David Posternock, 
and Craig Smith. So basically, three players you don't want on that list, Sean Corrale and Jake DeBrusque. I'll point out then that in all likelihood for the first game back on next Thursday, Chris Wagner will be the highest on the depth chart right wing. Like, don't get me wrong, prospects will be, prospects will be playing on the higher line, not him. Oh my god! I'm gonna be. I'm gonna need to be the highest I've ever been to watch that game. Oh, that four, that, that that four man right, right wing group is probably is going to be some combination of Wagner, Kuhlman, Steen, and person to be named later. Robert Lantosi, call him up. Um, I'm I'm scrolling down right now to see who else is left. That's right. Yeah, Lantosi. JG Pajot um, is going to get a hat trick that game. J.G. Pajot's going to get a hat-trick in the first seven minutes. Not to mention, so, you know, okay, so you end up with, down the middle, you're running Bergeron, Coil, Studnika, McKegg, I guess. Hey, he scored a goal the other night. <laughs> Actually, like, honestly, both games he's played, like, he's looked lively. I mean that in only good ways. I'm just lacking. I'm just lacking other superlatives at the moment. <laughs> hey, look, they don't call him Gregory McKegory for nothing. Greg, Greg McKegg with a leg for an arm and an arm for a leg. I didn't know what he looked like until the first game he played for us. I had never seen him. I could not pull him out of a lineup to tell you the truth. <laughs> but anyway, Oh yeah, that game's going to be great. I can't wait. Really. Oh my god, I didn't want to watch Bruins games for like the last two weeks. And, oh god, I just... Uh... And of course, in addition to those five players in COVID protocol, there is also on IR, and this is designated IR, so there are other people that are injured as well. Rask, Carlo Moore, Kasha, Miller, Lozon, Sinitian... And of course, Jared Tenorti, um, which we haven't spoken about, got got fucking mulched this week too. Um, well, I I, I want to say one thing that's really great. And Trent and Trent Frederick's injured as well. Yes, Trent Frederick's injured. I worried about Tim and his mental state going into the game that never happened. So, you know, luckily I never have to find out. Right. Hopefully he'll be better by Thursday. So, um, but anyway, I I like that Tenorti has been looking pretty good and he's big. I like that. And they call him the Tin Man. They call him the Tin Man. That's a good nickname. It is a good nickname because like he does, he's like so tall and everything. And he reminds me a little bit of the Tin Man, except maybe moves. I'm just like, I like that more than, you know, you'd normally expect Tinsy or Tinner. Yeah. No, Tin Man is great. That's a really wonderful name. Yes. I like, I was trying to point out before, Tenorti didn't work out in Nashville because he is not their prototypical type of defenseman. Here's the thing is he's never worked at anywhere else either. So well, it's interesting that he looks decent here. Maybe we just dumbed down defense so much that we make anybody <laughs> look good. 
Except for John Even Moore. Tin Man can do it. Except, for Except John, John Moore. Moore. Yes, John Moore is just so bad. You can't. Our system can't make him look competent. Now, I will say, Jared Turner's looked good, but like in one of those games against Pittsburgh, my first thing that strikes like, oh my god, why are Tenardi and and Camper out? It's a penalty kill pair. Sure enough, that penalty kill gave up a goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The Boston Bruins defense so easy a Tin Man can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be funnier if it were the scarecrow because he had he was always looking for a brain, right? Oh, true. Tin Man was looking for a heart. The scarecrow was looking for the brain, and the cowardly lion was looking for courage. So, yeah, um, let's talk about what's happened since the last time we recorded. By the way, I I want to say that I'm feeling a lot better this weekend. Last weekend, I was not feeling well because I got my second vaccination. Yeah, uh, uh, Moderna, Woo. and I got it in a separate arm, and I had to wait for thirty minutes instead of fifteen uh, afterwards because they went to monitor because I had an, a slight allergic reaction, allergic reaction to the first shot. I had a slight allergic reaction to the second shot, but the rash is now gone. So, and it was a different, a fe- it was different feeling. It it did not hit me the same way, and so I got a fever. And it took me the better part of 30 hours to to get rid of it because broke it once, then I got another fever, and then I broke it very quickly. So water, soup, lots of hydration, rest. Those are the things I recommend when you get the shots. Even the first shot, even if you only get one shot, um, just rest up for a day or two so that you can feel your best after that. So anyway, last week I would have been talking about all sorts of nonsense. So I'm here today speaking about other nonsense, like focused in nonsense, not the stuff I would have been babbling about last week. So since the last episode, the Bruins have lost in the shootout, shout out. They lost in the shout out. They lost in the shootout two to one to the New York Islanders at the mausoleum. Uh, on the ninth, the Bruins won four to zero over the Rags at home on the eleventh, and then they also lost four to zero to the Rags at home two days later in that huge manatee game that was awful to watch. Excuse me, that's what I'm talking about. They hang out, they they hang Yara out to dry. It's awful, and then they lost to the Penguins. At PPJ Paints Arena on the 15th, 4-1, to uh, yeah, 4-1. to one. So, thankfully, Grizzly got his first goal. Power play goal. Um, but the terrible thing is that the Bruins just didn't play very well after that. They had 43 shots on goal. 43. Yeah, and, uh, and Jari was just, you know... That would that was the Jari game, not the DeSmith game. I mean, they're indistinguishable. Yep. Boston scored one goal on each of them, but... <sighs> No, Bruins scored two goals in the one against Smith. Oh yeah, they won that game. Yeah, I don't like back to backs. I can't. I don't like back to backs against the same team because I can't keep track of what's real and what isn't anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I get it. I get it. That was the big coming out party for Vladar. That was ah yes. He he made that awesome uh, paddle save early, and that was what locked him in. Mm -hmm. It, It was the number one play on Sports Center that night. It was. It was. And the next day when they replayed SportsCenter like five million times, Vladar was in uh, the hotel 
banquet room or something eating and it was right behind him. <laughs> They're like, and Tuka's like, hey, that guy, he, he did that. <laughs> and the chefs who were in the room were like, no, him? And Blur's like, yeah, it was luck. <laughs> yeah, the skinny fucker, right? <laughs> yeah, he's sick. I didn't realize he was 6'6". I just forget that. You know me, I, I love a big guy. 6'6", but very skinny. Very, very skinny. Like, too good uh, skinny, it's too. It's interesting watching someone that tall. Usually goalies that big are are positional goalies, and that is not Vladar at all. He's, he's a reaction goalie. Usually it's the small goalies that are that. Hey, he did a great job. Mm-hmm, they didn't did. hang him out to dry, and it was a tough battle, but they won 2-1. to one. So, yay! And Frederick! Frederick had the game-winning goal. He has four goals, and three of them are game winners. The man. That's almost Corrali-esque. I know. I Actually, when I saw him do that, I'm like, he's the clutch guy now. He is the guy. Because Corrali's not doing it. No, no. He's not even a guy anymore. He just sort of is. Just Corrali. No, no, no. It's, It's making me very, very sad. I just don't want to think about it anymore. So the, the significance of that game, besides Vladar coming out and saying, hey, I can play in the NHL, was that Malkin, Evgeny Malkin, was knocked out in the first period. I mean, he he went into the corner and got hit by Tenorti and uh, left the game for a little bit, came back, and then he ended up leaving the game again. So, so that was something. But then that may or may not probably did factor into what uh, Brandon Tanov did later on in the second period. Yeah. I think uh, I'm on the extreme end about how bad I view that hit was, (laughs) but um, I see easy penalties on three different counts on it, to be perfectly honest. I don't think there's a a quotient argument against either charging or boarding or, or boarding. I think that the thing that does distress me about it is that they could have gone with charging and they, and instead they went with boarding and that boarding is starting to become like a catch all. Like if we don't really know what it is, even though it's very well defined about, you know, violent hits, you know, against the boards. I, I feel like they're just calling things boarding when maybe they shouldn't. I, I mean, honestly, looking at it, I wish that Snorty had been closer to the boards when that hit happened, because then all that stuff probably wouldn't have happened. But well, see, that's one thing about it, too. And that's why the boarding is is a good call is because that like it, they were far, far from the boards when them um, <laughs> when Tanev hit him. Right. Yep. So he rode him like the better part of 10 feet to the boards. Yeah. Yeah. He came all the way across the ice to do that. He charged across the ice. To do that. And I, you know what? I think the five minute major and the game misconduct totally warranted. But I also wonder if one of the guys, uh, one of the refs that uh, did that call, uh, who was involved in the other incident uh, that terrible night. Uh, I do think he was running scared. (laughs) Yeah, I think he just basically tossed him from the game just to be like, hey, you know what? I don't want this to get ugly. I was concerned that they would overturn it just because they gave him the wrong, but if they were going to give him penalize him for just either boarding or charging, I think boarding was the weaker call. And so I was worried that it was going to get overturned on those grounds when they were 
I was worried they would over to overturn the major, which they can do now because they called it a call. The ice was boarding, even when a charge would have been a safer, harder to argue against call. Right. Right. So I, I did send you this, which is what our friends who, who, uh, Joe, who is a ref for a very, very long time, what he thought about it. After watching the hit on Tenorti a couple of times, two things caught my attention. Tanev took a lot of steps in a hurry to get to Tenorti charging. The initial hit is great, but as Tenorti is falling, Tanev extends his arms to drive Tenorti toward the boards, boarding. The result makes the boarding major warranted, in my opinion. An injury figures into the punishment, regardless of the offender's intent. I don't think supplemental discipline is necessary, but I agree with the call. So, yeah, he's basically saying there were multiple things going on here. Just pick one. I guess. I mean, you shouldn't though. There's multiple penalties. You should. You're supposed to call the multiple penalties. Right. I mean, I guess. Can you really call multiple penalties like that? I mean, you can. Oh fuck yeah. I mean, I guess I haven't really seen it on hits so much as like. Uh, what fights. you would do in this case would be like call a major for one and have them serve a, a concurrent minor for the for the other. So you get two minutes of five, uh, five on uh. three and then three more minutes of four, uh, five on four. Right. I've seen that plenty of times, actually. Okay. Yeah. That's the way to manage that one. Yeah. I've never heard of concurrent fives, but that'd be a death sentence. Oh, boy. Yeah, that one. Well, essentially being, yeah, yeah 10 minutes of power play time. <laughs> oh, no, that would, be consec- that would be consecutive. Concurrent would be 10 minutes of five on three. If I would be five minutes of five on three. Five on three, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking that the wrong way. I like that he got thrown out of the game. It's fine. They called him for boarding major. They had to toss him out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. This is exactly what we were talking about the other week. So. Yeah. That they didn't do. That they should have done. Right. So that was um, controversial in some ways. Some people saw it one way. Some people saw it another way. Some people were very adamant that it was a bad that it was a, that it was a bad call, and the people they weren't like pen pens partisans. I think like who was it? Fuck, I can't even remember who was it. Someone who someone was 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 saying the hit was good. A lot of people were saying the hit was good. Even people who are like Bruins fans or neutral parties. I'm like, are you guys fucking nuts? Well, when I first saw it, I didn't think it was like awful. And then like because like I just I was like ah, uh, it seemed like a bad. It seemed like a hit with a bad end result and then when you watch it back you can see oh okay it's actually worse than i thought it was but it, initially i didn't think it was like awful yeah when I didn't catch the like when i first saw it i don't think i caught the run-up which was part of it i so i was like oh okay that's nothing but like once you see the run-up you're like oh that was like he was clearly like targeting tenority for that hit Right, he queued him up and ran halfway across the damn rink. So. And it, it was really hard to find that footage, too. True. Because the Pittsburgh feed did not want to provide that to Boston anyway. Yeah, this this whole having to rely on the home on on the home team's um uh, uh, footage is kind of awful. Yeah, because there are things that you just literally can't see at all. Oh, I know why they're doing it. It makes perfect sense. It's entirely defensible. It just sucks as a viewing experience. 
because you get commentary from you're getting commentary from people that are just watching the same feed you are as opposed to their commentary dictating what the what the editors put up. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and also they don't see the whole ice because even yeah. though like Jack and Brick might be getting close up feed in their their booth when they're calling the game, they still can see the ice. Yeah. So they can tell when somebody, you know, it's not a terrible view. And, and apparently if you wear glasses and stuff like that, you could probably see it very well. So but maybe then maybe that's part of my problem with Jack's uh, play by play this year is because it's just been so mediocre, like not in a not distinctly Jack way. And maybe that's what it is. He's not seeing enough of the ice to be able to see plays build properly. So, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm just really annoyed with Jack. <laughs> I've, I've noticed actually him. at this point, I've, I've defended Jack a lot and I still do but like at this point the quality of his play-by-play is degraded enough that i don't really think i can enjoy the bullshit anymore either yeah i I feel like this year he's and maybe you're right it has to do with not seeing enough of the ice and enough of everything but it just feels like he fumbles a lot with his uh, play-by-play now like I, I, I like noticeably. He's like fumbling on words. Who's doing what? Like it's a lot more noticeable than in previous years. Yeah, he was never a great play-by-play guy, but like he was competent. Now he does not see, does not present that way. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe he's just not into it. Could be that. Yeah. Like because it's all different. It's it's not the same. You know, it's not the same routine. It's not the the probably enjoys the travel he enjoys going to the different places they probably see a lot of the same people all the time and you develop these relationships over time you know even if it's just saying hello to somebody it's a familiar face in a city that you travel to a few times a year and that all that stuff He's probably got favorite restaurants in 30 in 29 cities right yeah so it's just one of those things where it's like everybody's game is off I know that I'm saying he he makes me sick and everything. I spend a lot of time yelling at the TV. Shut up, Jack! Oh, because he just starts babbling nonsense now instead of being like weird, clever quips. It's just gibberish. <laughs> I mean, there are just times where it seems like he's just taking off the the play by play. I'm used to that with football. But you have time to football. It's like play by play in baseball must be the easiest goddamn thing in the world. <laughs> oh my god, silences are downright encouraged. <laughs> play by play in baseball the one thing i will say is i did i miss about the old play by play guy the red sox had they had don orsillo and or don orsillo was awesome and great and he his chemistry with jerry remy was really awesome in the fact that they'd be calling a game then all of a sudden they'd go to talking about absolutely nothing that has to do with it and then they'd start laughing with each other about it story and then they go back to calling the game it just seems so natural and so fluid with everything and now they, we don't have that and it's sad it really sucks because he's now in they fired him after uh, maybe three or four years ago and it sucked and he's now in like san diego i think um doing his thing in san diego doing well in san diego and the guy they replaced him with isn't bad but he's not Don Orsillo. What I liked about our TV and radio play-by-play guys at one point, you know, up until a couple of years ago, is that they were both from New England. Dave Gosher's from Rhode Island. You know how I love a Rhode Island guy. And, of course, Jack's from New Hampshire. I just wish that if Jack decided to hang it up, that they would make a call to Dave Gosher and say, Come on, Dave. Come back home. 
I don't know if he'd do mm-hmm. that, but I would love it because I love Dave Gosher. He's so good at calling the games. Of course, yeah. you know, they'd have to let him be able to call some other games from time to time nationally. So he and Boucher could talk about Rhode Island things in the dead garbage time of the third period of some game. <laughs> but anyway, um, my, my point is that um, I've just gotten a little tired of Jack. I, I love Brick. I get tired of Jack. So it's just how it is. All right. So the Bruins have finally played the Sabres once this year. And... If you looked at the score, you'd think, oh, Bruins had that game all wrapped up. That was game in hand, basically. It was a sloppy fucking game. Thank <laughs> God it was Buffalo. They would not have gotten away with that. With I mean, like, I enjoyed the amount of back and forth, but it basically meant like neither team had the faintest fucking idea how to hold on to the puck. It, Boston got better in later periods, but the first there is just ping pong. <laughs> it was so bad. So bad. I wasn't even paying, like, great big attention to it. <laughs> McKeg. Yeah, yeah. McKeg um, uh, with a um, uh, tip on a grizzly shot, I believe it was. Yes. Wait a minute. I need to roll it back a little bit. That morning was straight up shit for both teams. Yeah, practice canceled. Misinformation about the game for a while there. Yes, yes. I got my misinformation from John Shannon. How about you? Yeah, him was the main source, I believe. Yes. Sean Crowley went on the COVID protocol after presumably failing a test and somebody else on the Sabres, like just some staff member, went on their protocol as well. So practice canceled. Everything was a shit show. And then the game gets played after we figure out that the game's going to get played. It gets played. So that's great. The good thing that happened in this game, Krejci finally got his 700th point. He just scored his first goal like a week or two ago. So, yeah. <laughs> but he got his 700th career point and then he got 701 and then 702. So that's the really great stuff that happened. Yeah. But DeBrusque being back on the correct wing and Smith being, you know, and actually playing a right wing on Krejci's right wing. Wow. Um, who'd have thunk it? Yeah. Right. Weird. The, the Bruins had two power play goals. That's fantastic. But they also led in a shorthand goal and that was ugly. Yeah, that was not pretty. It was Pozo's first goal of the season, too, wasn't it, or something Yes, it was. I mean, look, I'm used to the Bruins, especially Tuca, like, letting a new guy who's never scored a goal just score a goal, because that's his thing. It's like, here, welcome to the NHL. Here, score a goal. I mean, Rask is just a nice guy. (laughs) Yes, yes. But this was just like, Halak was not quite paying attention, and the puck just kind of either skipped off of... uh, Grizzly stick or around it. I think it was just right off of it. It just kind of choop, and it went in and Halak was just didn't move because he wasn't expecting that to happen. And yeah. it was ugly. It was just like you just sit there and you're like this. They're going to fucking lose this game because I thought the whole thing. I thought it was going to be a trap game from the beginning because I was just like, no, <laughs> the Bruins play down to teams that are terrible. There's no reason in the world why the 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 Devils should have a winning record against them. Yet they do. And it was the first game after fire, finally firing Ralph Kruger too, right? Right, right. So you every so usually teams have some jump in it, and like you know, I mean, Don Granado's not the Granado you want behind the bench, but like the name carries some cachet, and he's an experienced assistant coach, assistant and head coach at lower levels. But I mean, part of the problem thing is like that entire team spirit's broken. 
Yeah, I think so, because they played for about a period. And then they got, well, actually a little more than a period. And then they got really bad, and they didn't care. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, the second, ha- the second half of the game, Boston just had them nailed down all the time. Boston gave them plenty of chances to try to make a run, run of it, but... Well, what else are you going to do if you're the Boston Bruins? You're going to be like, come on, come at us. We dare you. Sometimes we're paying attention. <laughs> now, all this sort of brings up well, what really is this team right now. We talked about maybe coaching... There's something else I've been thinking about. Like I take a nice long hike with the dog most days, especially because I've been off on vacation last week and this in this week, burning before the end of fiscal. Right? Sort of philosophically about team building. You're, you're usually there's four ways states you can be in. Right? Mm-hmm. Contender, mm-hmm. builder, mm. tearing down, mm. or thinking you're a contender. Oh, oh. See, I was going to say plasma, because that's the state that everybody forgets. Yeah, it's a solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I always forget about the state of matter that is plasma. Anyway. (laughs) I I think a lot of people might be mistaken of where in the curve Boston is right now. I'm not saying they're on that, you know, on their way to a crash... And can't contend yet, but there is only only two options right now. I think going into the deadline that make any sense for this team, mm-hmm. and they are polar fucking opposites. Shoot your fucking shot, or blow it the fuck up. I was gonna say th- no. Shoot your fucking shot, or shoot your fucking foot. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. See, see, that's not a realistic option. But like, that's more likely than the other real than the other good option, which oh. would be blow it the fuck up. <laughs> Shoot your shot or blow it up are the only <laughs> rational choices. But what will happen is shoot your foot. <laughs> yeah. I am. Um, and part of that also, and I had a Twitter thread yesterday about this, is uh, there's a lot of chatter about Boston doesn't want to acquire at home because they got to worry about expansion. But like, here's the deal. Fuck it. This team is in unequivocally in do or die mode this season. Sweeney's not stupid, man. He has to understand that if he doesn't win a cup this spring, the Latest, he's likely likely to lose his job is April 2023. He might be forgiven a miss, a, a miss or a or, or a bottom seed next year, and then the following year gone. That's how that, that that's how that 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 GM career story arc tends to go. There have been GMs who have been fired for far less. Oh, exactly. That's what I'm saying. That that's the furthest out possible if they don't win the cup this spring or summer, whenever the fuck they're handing the cup out, July. And, yeah, and the thing that really really gets me is that. Th- there is like this extreme patience that happens with this organization that we are used to. And now after seeing so many other teams, just not be that way, it, it it's starting to make me wonder if this is the way to go. If we should be less patient, I think we should definitely should. Well, again, again, I said there's four States, but what really is, is you're either contending or you're losing. If you're somewhere in the middle, you're wasting everybody's fucking time. Yeah. Now, mind you, a lot of owners would prefer to be there than in the tearing it down phase. And honestly, after a year and a half of severely depleted income, I can see, I can see some serious resistance from the Jacobses against Sweeney doing the right thing this summer, regardless of what happens, what he does now. And um, if that's I think cool. you resign Rask because someone's got to play fucking net. But like, I consider starting to pull this team apart. However, I'm not advocating doing that at the deadline. That's just the if you're going to stand pat. No, you don't stand pat. 
you're gonna if you're not gonna acquire anything, start fucking trading crazy goaltenders, whatever, just whatever's not nailed down, or go big. And I'm not just talking at home big. You need a real fucking winger. At home, Forsberg. Just go for the fuck. Go shoot the moon. Okay, so you acquire good players in this. Maybe that works out and you win the cup. Then it doesn't matter who you winning an expansion. Doesn't matter or who doesn't matter who you gave up flags. You know, banner fly forever. If you lose and then you lose a good player in, in, in expansion, well, fuck. Okay, sorry, Don. You may have slid your your, your expiration date up a year. You're a GM from day one. You're count. It's like a coach. You're counting the days that you're fired, right? So why would you fuck around? There is no reason to fuck around. The only, th- only thing worth doing is to find out. And I realized that I just tore that whole, that, that whole idiom apart, but like, you know what I mean. Yeah, I'm really sick of the wait and see. Uh, we, like, we, we talk about secondary scoring, and it seems like we've talked about secondary scoring every single year of this podcast. I mean, we just never address the issue. Oh my god, I'm so, so sick talking about secondary scoring i thought Every we were we done think they've addressed it too and they do things that should and they keep not like that's the most mind-boggling thing they do things that should address it and it gets worse how the fuck is that i mean right i mean like okay some of it's out of the control kasha concussion right but like yes you have that set of wingers there should absolutely have been goals this year now i'm not so sure but like on paper <laughs> yeah I mean, there are so many different approaches that you can take to trying to figure this out. But, like, I don't think, you know, saying, well, our home is too expensive, so we're traded for Alex Goligoski, and uh, yeah, I don't even fucking care, insert winger name here, and I ain't gonna fucking do it. No. Like, don't get me wrong, I actually think Alex Goligoski would be a great fit on the second pair. Like, he's, he's a good, he's, he doesn't score anymore, but he's still a good defenseman, still reasonably mobile. It was not going to fucking win you the cup, though. I'm not saying Ekholm will either, but it's going to be probably one of the few defensive options that might. Like anything short of of the full fucking Monty at the trade deadline is not good enough, and yeah. will be a mistake. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm so forgiving with this team, and I'm like, if they, if they fuck this up, and there's only and there's a lot of and almost every way is fucking this up. I'm going to be pissed. I don't even care about the price. Why would you care about the price if you're Don Sweet? Well, I, I, I want to tell you something. Um, next year, there's going to be a new team called the Seattle Kraken. And uh, even though it's going to be really hard for you to watch their games because they are on the other side of the continent. Like four hours. Yeah. <sighs> you can watch them like the next day. <laughs> <laughs> just I, I, I'm just this is not this is not the time for them to do anything besides go for the throw. I am a person who really has, uh, I struggle with change, especially with things that I like. You know, remember that 2018-19 Bruins team that I have on my wall right here, all smiling and happy and how awesome they were and how fun they were. And we loved them so much. And we found out that Nola Chari drove the fourth line. But anyway, my point is, is like, remember that? And then things fell apart after that. I'm at the point right now, I'm like, just fucking trade for somebody who's going to fix this team or make this team look good. And then I'm like, I'm like sitting here firing assistant coaches in my head because I'm just like, just make it work. I just, I see other teams doing this and I've now come to the point where I am no longer going to be dog GM. I'm going to turn into a cat GM 
And I'm just like, you know, there are very few people here that I would say are non-negotiable, but just fucking get it done. I'm just well, tired. Yes. You know what? People are leaving. People are aging out. Just decide. It's like, okay, we're going to burn this down and rebuild around Posternock and McAvoy. I would, there are the people I would like to keep, but when you're in a full teardown, why do we, why would you necessarily? <laughs> because Marshy makes everything fun. And okay, you're right. Marshy's beautiful. not going anywhere either. Yes, but like, you're not building a rebuilding around Marshy, right? No, no. You're, you're, you're keeping him to you're keeping him to, him to keep to, to sell jerseys during the dark years. Is what you do. <laughs> keep those top. Keep the top line right now, and McAvoy. Like, like, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm not saying trade Carlo, for example, but like, if you're going to be bad, and he would get you assets, you consider it, right? <laughs> mm. I just i I want them to do something big. I'm sick and tired of this whole. It's like it's like they have like this giant gash in their arm, and they're putting like a butterfly bandaid on it. Like that, and they're like, okay, this should work. Like that's what it seems like. Like it's just they just don't. It's constantly. I I'm sick and tired of. Oh well, we tried. Oh, we were in the mix for. Holy shit! Like close something out, Don. Like holy cow. I, I, he cannot be forgiven for having a for the having the Toffoli trade in his hip pocket or whatever weird fucking phrasing he used for that. That Ty Anderson still goes out of his way to make fun of regularly and rightfully so. Yeah, and look at Toffoli now. Mm, that makes me so mad. It really does. Because maybe I wasn't so totally sold on it, but I see him thriving in Montreal, and I'm like, fuck that. Anybody thriving yeah. in Montreal will make me feel that way. <laughs> well, like that's why, like the Anderson, like Josh Anderson working out there is, is it aggravating at the same time. I would have hated Sweeney for making that move because the odds of it failing were as it were higher than the odds of it succeeding. <laughs> I have a feeling that Anderson is uh, a lot like Duchesne. He's going to burn a lot of bridges and make a lot of former friends. <laughs> He's a dick, <laughs> is what I'm saying. Mm. <laughs> well, add him I mean, to our list. I don't know. There's something about guys who are di- who, who are who are dicks and burn their bridges passing through through Columbus seems to be an increasing trend. And then there's like the plugs that are there forever, like Felino and the rotting corpse of Brendan Dubinsky that apparently are just like you know okay with all these douchebags passing through their <laughs> through their um uh, their dressing room. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But guess what? Matt Duchesne went to Nashville. Where's Nashville now? Yeah, I I know that everybody's like, why are you all over De- uh, Matt Duchesne so much? Not just because he's a straight guy named Matt. I'm sure there are some of you who are fine out there who are straight guys named Matt. That's fine, whatever. But it's it's because Duchesne has burned bridges everywhere. and He's a dick. So Bruins won that game against Buffalo. We don't know what else they're going to be doing. Uh, when is the trade deadline? Anyway, you know this. I have not written it down. Beginning of April. I don't know the date exactly. Give me a moment. I wonder if any games will happen this week. April 12th. April 12th. At 3 p.m. Okay. Okay, so that is um, less than a month away. I guess I could kind of tell you days-wise. Let's see. Do you want to open up? You want to open up. That's not the right thing. Okay, so April 12th is... A little under three weeks it's away. Three weeks from tomorrow. 
Oh yeah. It's a little, oh, yep. Yep. Three weeks. Here's the thing about the deadline is, uh, any Canadian teams do, engaging in action with U.S. teams are going to be acting now. Mm. It's the two-week uh, quarantine entering Canada, right? So oh, true, any yeah. U.S.-based teams would be ill-advised to wait. Hmm. Any player that, like, say, the Leafs, for example, are supposedly kicking the tires on, you need to move because they're going to pull the trigger in, in the next four or five days. Right. And supposedly Winnipeg is the next most aggressive on the Ekholm front. So you're Boston. saying don't wait, Don. Yeah, just look how bad everyone it. is right now. Make it happen now. Don't. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I'm making calls because that's what you do. Like that's your fucking job, Donnie. Just do it. Close. He can't close to save his life. He would definitely not get the coffee because coffee is for closers. No. Always be closing. Mm. Come on. They'd be taking his fucking chair away for not being a closer. Mm-mm. All right. So what we've learned is that the Bruins need to move now. At this moment. Yeah. Yes. All right. Do do it. Just don't make us wait anymore. I just. This team is making me sad, Donnie. It's making me so sad. I have said to each and every one of you or I'm well, everybody in earshot now I'm saying this, but to other people who are people I talk to every day, I have said, I don't want to watch the Bruins tonight. You're making game, making watching games feel like a job Bruins. Oh my God. It does feel like a job and I'm not getting paid for it. Yeah. Bruins. I'm really trying to be as like irate as possible. Like I know I'm mad about the team, but also the Bucks won the Super Bowl this year. So like, <laughs> I mean, I saw that every, one a while ago. Every, we talking like, wait, there's gonna be a Bucks comment in here. Wait, yep, yep, there it is. <laughs> every episode, every episode from now on, we're gonna get that. Okay, I got it. All right, that's and fine. we've basically kept everyone, so it's even better. Like. With zero cap space, just like adding fake years onto the end of contracts to spread out the I mean, cap. Like number. beyond the possibility of say like Brady deciding to actually be in his forties. Um. Yeah, like he signed a four-year contract extension, and three of the years are fake. They don't exist. They're just so the cap numbers lower. And that's allowed. Like oh. the NHL, like put a put a stop to that bullshit. Oh, no, no. You can do anything with NFL contracts to make Oh, yeah. Well, because they're not real. I understand that, but... Oh, yeah. The salary cap's also not really They don't real. actually constitute any obligation on the part of the team, as far as I can tell. Yeah, the, the salary <laughs> cap is not real. They, no, they no. They say it's real, and they will get everything looking like... They'll do all the accounting that'll make it look like it's real. It's not real. Well, no. I know I know the NHL's the only, the only league with a hard cap, for example, right? Right. Basketball's basketball is a very porous cap, for example. Correct, Tim? Yeah, with the with basketball, so they have like multiple different levels of cap. Like they have like they have the salary cap, but you're also able to go over the salary cap if you're doing it to re sign your own player. And you have to pay a luxury tax, right? Yeah. And baseball has zero cap and they have a luxury tax and baseball's luxury tax is low key kind of a joke. I mean, you basically pay like 5%. I think, I think it's like, it's either the first time you go over the luxury tax, it's 5% of the amount that you went over. 
is the tax. So it's not even like 5% of your entire. Um, oh, fuck. Unless your team has no money whatsoever. It's way, it's a joke then. Yeah. Like that's why like there are teams that like go over all the time. The only thing is once you get into the third year of it, uh, over if you go three years in a row over the luxury tax, it's like only 15% of what you, the amount you go over, but you lose international spending money. So teams will like every couple of years reset, drop some contracts, reset, and then that way they don't have to lose their international spending money. Is that what the Red Sox did? That's what the Red Sox did. They reset. They didn't keep Mookie Betts and... That was so that they didn't lose international spending money because really like the luck, the tax they would have had to pay was literally like $5 million. Well, the joke's on them because Mookie went and, bought, uh, and won a uh, world series. So yeah. Yep. It's... And, and now Jackie Bradley jr. Is gone. So that sucks. Also sucks. Yep. yep. Um, he's in, he's over in Milwaukee. So uh, yeah, they, they, they they kept like no one even from the 2018 world series team there's like maybe only a handful of players from that team still there you still have xander you still have devers you still have chris sale but i mean there's probably i'm willing to bet there's maybe 10 people from that team left it's just crazy didn't the kansas city royals win a a, a world series recently 2015 maybe is it that long already um 15 or 16 yeah it was 2015 so when they won the world series that was actually a big deal because they are one of the uh perennial uh lower salaried teams in the league they don't have the money you know Uh, i thought it was more recent so wow that's kind of sad now because we're six years removed from that and most of the time, the teams with more money to spend have the ability to win more often than not. Yeah, and like I mean, last year in twenty, the last year, even though the Dodgers won, they played Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was one of those lower salaried teams, uh, perennially. They always Tampa the Tampa Bay Rays are annoying because they always have zero salary, but they always seem to be in the mix for the playoffs. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, why are you finding these players that no one else is? Like, there's their scouting department must be unreal because they're always just kind of in the mix. You know what? You know what's really funny? Um, Jeff Skinner, who uh, makes nine million, I think, a year, is a fourth liner in Buffalo. Most overpaid. I mean, is he a fourth liner, yeah. or is he being, or is he, or have they been playing? It was okay. No, I was going to say, if it had been changed and they played him on a sensible line after firing Kruger, maybe there would have been commented that, that was Kruger being a fucking weirdo. But like, he played fourth line on Thursday, so. Yeah, I I think it's really great when you can get a guy who just is like hungry and wants to to play and win, and they have very little salary that you have to pay them it's really upsetting to me to always see the teams that have like all the money to spend with all the good players yeah well i mean with shaq barrett of the bucks two years ago he was a free agent he was a backup in denver he backed up vaughn miller they didn't want to and then they drafted someone 
to play on the other side of Von Miller at defensive end. They didn't want to play him, and they decided not to pay him. Bucks gave him a five million dollar contract for one year. He goes out and has nineteen and a half sacks in his first season with Tampa Bay. Then they franchise tagged him. So this year he played for like the franchise tag, which was like fifteen million, and they won a Super Bowl. And then he just got his first big contract. Kind of like four years. I think it was like sixty-eight million dollars. So like his first real big contract. And it started out where he was just kind of thrown away by Denver. And he originally went to Denver as an undrafted free agent. So like he was an undrafted free agent, won a Super Bowl as a backup in Denver. Denver didn't want to keep him, and now he finally got his big contract. Yep. Well, sometimes it takes a little bit longer to earn that. That's for sure. Okay. So, is there anything else that we want to talk about Bruins-wise? I mean, like, there's no real point in talking about schedule, because who knows if any of it's real. Yeah, we don't know about it at this point, because the COVID stuff. Although, what kind of fucky start time is that next Sunday? Jesus Christ. Um, 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Oh, it must be one of those triple header things that they're doing on, on NBC Sports. Is it on NBC Sports? Yes, Okay, that's what it is. They're they're doing like hockey from noon until like way late on on the NBC networks. So, I mean, good for them. Like that's stuff that people have been calling for for ages. But then you get fucky start times like that. I mean, it's not awful. Like, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about a six thirty p.m. start, assuming that game even happens. Oh but. God, damn it! The Devils again. You know how I feel about the Devils. I don't want to watch that. I'm just, yeah. All right. So if games should happen this week, and we'll have to see because uh, the current thing is, is that the Bruins, let me, I did not explain this before. The Bruins players who tested positive went home. They made separate travel arrangements for them to come back to Boston. I hope they just like rented a minivan and like drew straws and who had to drive. who's not feeling the shittiest okay (laughs) no pasta not you (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to see if i can make this go as fast as my porsche (laughs) as i said you can definitely tell everyone's just like no pasta you're not the one driving no (laughs) also also not you jake (laughs) i debated whether or not he would say porsche or porsche I mean, I would think that maybe he would call it Porsche because that's what it's supposed to be. But I, I don't know. He, you never know with that kid. So anyway, and he's going to be a father soon. If games should happen this week and the Bruins are, are in COVID code. Uh, COVID code of Yes. <laughs> yes. Protocol, huh? Yes. Yes. Uh, they are in COVID <laughs> protocol right now until Tuesday. And the pl- every player is being asked to self-quarantine at home uh, until Tuesday. So we should know by Friday, uh, Friday, we should know by Friday if they're playing on Thursday. <laughs> Holy crap. We should know by Wednesday if they're playing on Thursday, <laughs> not after the fact, before. Okay, so should they be playing a game against the New York Islanders at the Garden? It would be on Thursday, the 25th at, at 7 p.m. Eastern. Right. Now, it's very interesting because this was the week that limited fan attendance was supposed to be happening at the TD Garden. Uh, yeah, Tuesday was supposed to be the first game with fans. Yes, it was. Oh. So I haven't heard anything saying that won't happen on Thursday, but good luck if you're going. 
That's all I it have was, to say. It's pretty also, fitting. Also, like, have fun watching a game against the fucking Islanders. Oh, yeah, God. fuck that. It's just like the trottiest hockey to ever trots. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but... Uh, okay, well... Yes, the Islanders. And then, oh my God, it could happen again on the 27th. Oh, the, oh, the huge manatee. The huge, oh. the huge manatee game against the Buffalo Sabres. They can play the Sabres twice in one season. <laughs> oh, the humanity. Oh my gosh. 1 p.m. Like, oh, the actual humanity, dear Lord. Like, like fucking Buffalo again, really? And then this weird ass 5:30 p.m. Eastern game, also at home. Well, against yes, fucking Devils. They're going to play seven straight at home, so, um, so that's kind of nice. But then, okay, Tuesday night against the Devils again at seven. Oh, God, love those Devils. Oh God. Okay, that's all we have to talk about. Oh wow, we talked about a lot of games. Oh wait a minute, I'm sorry, I'm looking at this wrong. <laughs> You know, it's like we, we mentioned four and like, you know, there was there's one on the schedule, but it's not happening. Um, right, right, right. I keep forgetting. I keep looking at these things. Wait yeah, of course. And that game on the 25th will be ugly as fuck because it, my guess is we're not getting the guys that are specifically on protocol back on that kind of timeline. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choose your own adventure game. <laughs> <laughs> it's a choose your own adventure game <laughs> um, on the flip side we may get like you know something you know really crazy like Lauko and uh, Hughes uh, call ups both of whom have been playing really well Hughes I, I think they're I think they're both point per game right now uh, Hughes is above point per game Cam Hughes has is 4, 11, 15 in 14 games whereas okay. Lauko is um, uh, 5, 8, 13 and 13 yeah they're playing well. But he he's not the, the, the Hughes that's fun to say. I really love saying Jacques. Jacques. <laughs> Jacques. No, he, no he's, he's, he's not related. He's from Alberta. Yeah, he's I know. Kim Hughes. <laughs> yes, I know. It is it is Jack Hughes and Quinn Hughes, two of the most Irish fucking sounding names of members of the tribe. Yes. Their, their, their younger brother, who will be like a top five pick this year, draft uh, Luke as well. Who's apparently like considerably larger than either of them? Do he's like six three, which is interesting considering the Hughes brothers thing is kind of being short. It seems the Hughes brothers thing is that their mom made them the hockey players that they are because she is an awesome hockey player. That's the truth. I'm not telling a word of a lie. Uh, okay, she's a really good hockey player, and she's the one who really got the boys going in hockey. So, so. Shout out to to Mama Hughes. Hughes. Yeah, she's really great. So anyway, okay, so that's the uh, kind of schedule that we have going on. So fun. And I think, you know what? I would like to go back out in the sun right now, even though I have a a sun beam that I'm in right now. Um, It's not the same. It's not. In which case, it's kind of the same. (laughs) Well, I have told you my theory about how I am. Um, I think that I am a cat. It looks like a cat. You're secretly a photosynthesizer. I see. Right. All right. So, um, the thing then? Yes. Ah, well, listeners, you've been listening to Barely on Topic, a Boston Bruins podcast for Boston Bruins fans by Boston Bruins fans. I said that wrong, but I don't care. Oh, it's <laughs> closer than I've said in months, so. 
Um, you, of course, can find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Although, if you find it somewhere else, let us know so we can talk about there, too. Uh, talk to us on uh, on Facebook. That would be at Barely On Topic Podcast or on Twitter at, at Barely On Topic. And, of course, our individual Twitter accounts are always there for for the self-loathing amongst us. I'm at Dr. Hand Grenade. I'm at Tim A. Richardson. And I am I Wish My Dog Would Stop Barking.com. Also known as ZVA from R.I. Word. There we go.